Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Last month, complaints began to snowball about a Chicago-based company offering COVID testing in St. Louis. The company was called Center for COVID Control, often called CCC, and they'd opened four sites in town, two in the city, including one near Bush Stadium, one in Chesterfield, and one in Eureka. But some people reported not getting their test results in a timely way, like not getting them for days and days on end, and then not getting any response to their complaints. The Better Business Bureau slapped the company with an F rating. Eventually, they closed their St. Louis sites. But that wasn't the end of the story, not at all. Uh, Kelly Bauer, who's the breaking news editor at Block Club Chicago, has stayed on it, and she joins us today. Kelly Bauer, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. So, Kelly, tell us about the Center for COVID Control. What kind of complaints were you hearing in Chicago about the testing sites they operated? Yeah, I've spoken to dozens of people in Chicago and actually all over the United States now. And it started off with just complaints about the pop-ups, things like maskers not or workers not wearing masks or gloves, workers telling people don't put down your insurance even if they had it, um, sites being dirty, and especially people not getting results at all or getting results that were delayed or even getting results that didn't make sense to them. Like they would test negative at the Center for COVID Control, but positive at a place they went to the same day. So there are lots of questions and concerns from folks. So throughout this pandemic, there's been a lot of people sort of moving quickly to try to fill needs. And then that's always kind of gone imperfectly in many cases. When did you realize this was worth pursuing as a bigger story other than just, hey, testing companies are slammed. You know, we've got some blips here. So this had started because, at least in Chicago, around the holidays, officials were telling people, hey, go get tested, go get tested, don't see your family unless you know for sure, even if you're vaccinated. And because there was such a big boom then in testing, we started hearing from a bunch of readers saying that they had all these negative experiences at different pop-ups. So I reached out to a bunch of folks and asked them about where they had tested, what had happened, what that experience was like. And again and again, people were telling me that they'd had these negative experiences at Center for COVID Control sites. So while we had gotten complaints for a couple different companies, the fact that this name kept cropping up to me was something that meant, oh, we have to look deeper into this and see what's happening and do a story about how there are a lot of problems being reported at their sites. And then the more I looked, the more I found out, um, you know, that they were under investigation by the Illinois Department of Public Health, that they're under investigation by the federal agency that regulates labs um, and all sorts of things. So it just became very apparent the more reporting I did that there was a bigger story here than just one or two complaints. So Kelly, your stories ended up being amazing. And I want to tell people, you got to read these for yourselves, uh, blockclubchicago.org. We also have those linked on our website, stlonair.show, because you didn't just get into the complaints. You also ended up talking to a number of employees, I imagine now all former employees. But boy, did they give you some details. I mean, some of these things they told you. Give us a sense of of some of the more egregious things you heard from employees working for this company. Yeah, so I spoke with a couple employees and they told me that just as testing ramped up, especially in the late summer, early fall, um, that 
they started to see more and more problems at the Center for COVID Control headquarters, like more and more tests coming in, but them not being able to process them on time. So they said what workers would do is there wasn't enough refrigerator space for all these tests, but they couldn't run them on the same days they were getting them a lot of the time. So former workers said that they were putting tests in garbage bags or biohazard bags and leaving them just in different spots around the office, completely unrefrigerated, for days at a time. Um, We've even had former workers say there were tests that were left out for more than a week. And even though they thought that these tests wouldn't give a good result anymore, they would still process them. That way they could send a result to someone. So former workers told me that they're very concerned that people were getting false negatives. Um, They also said a major concern of theirs was that when they were entering people's information um, to process their tests, that a lot of the times they were marking down that someone was uninsured, even if they did have insurance, simply because they were trying to move quick or because the person's insurance didn't automatically pop up on their form. And that means that a lot of those people's tests would ultimately have been billed to the government, um, from which the Center for COVID Control and its lab have gotten more than $155 million, instead of going to people's insurance. So that's a big difference there. Who gets billed for these tests? And and as we'll talk about here in a minute, I, I know the feds do not take that lightly when they get billed for something they shouldn't be billed for. Putting people down is not having insurance when they do. Something else that was shocking in your report, in one case, an employee uh, told you that they had tampered with the dates on some of these COVID tests, that they were so old by the time they ran them that they had to put in a, a false date of, of when the test had been administered. Yes. So former employees have said that, you know, supervisors told them, oh, you know, if this was old, then change the date of when it was collected or when we tested it. That way it looks like it was more recent than it was. And they said that they also had concerns about that. Um, Something that should be noted, too, is now two states' attorney generals have filed lawsuits against the Center for COVID Control. And in both of those lawsuits, they've spoken to former workers and they've brought up these things themselves, saying, you know, that dates were tampered with, that tests were left out, that insurance information wasn't collected. And the federal agency that regulates these labs also noted a lot of problems the last time it reviewed the lab there, um, including tests not being refrigerated correctly and things like that. And I think something that might also be a concern to St. Louis people who were tested at at some of these pop-ups around town, it sounds like people's personal data was not being handled in a way that you would want it to be handled. You said people were just transferring these things using the WhatsApp app, and that kind of saves a picture then on the employee's cell phone. Uh, It sounds like people who got tested at this, their data may be out there. Yes, so the employees who were at the Center for COVID Control, the way that they would all communicate together was through WhatsApp, which is kind of like text messaging with group chats, things like that. And the former employees I spoke to said that at times, if they were, you know, had a question about someone's results or were sharing something, that they would snap a photo of someone's personal information, including their name, their date of birth, their contact information, and they would send that in the group chat on WhatsApp. And what WhatsApp did is it would automatically download those images into people's phones who were part of the conversation. So I had former workers telling me, like, I have photos of people's personal information that I didn't even realize were being downloaded onto 
against my phone. So they said that they were very concerned about that. Um, and in the same vein, they said that when they were hired, they received very minimal training and said that they didn't have to sign, you know, paperwork about HIPAA or really do any training about HIPAA. So they said there was just a lot of looseness around people's personal information. We're talking today to Kelly Bauer. She's the breaking news editor at Block Club Chicago, has done some amazing reporting about the Center for COVID Control. They operated four sites here in St. Louis, 300 sites around the country, providing COVID testing, getting a lot of money from the federal government. Uh, it, Kelly, one of your big stories had said $124 million. It sounds like that number has has increased significantly since you published that story. They're up to how much at this point? So now, um, according to public data, they have received more than $155 million from the government for testing and treatments. So $155 million from the feds. And these guys were not just kind of like laying low with this money. Something else remarkable in your reporting is that the owners bragged on social media about using COVID money to buy luxury cars. In one case, we're talking about a $3.7 million Ferrari. Did that surprise you when you came across that detail? It was surprising. You know, just as part of my research, I was trying to learn more about the owners and everything. And I learned that before the pandemic, they had run axe-throwing lounges. They didn't really have a strong healthcare background. Um, the husband, who's one of the founding uh, members of the company, had also done like a wedding video business. And yet when I was on his TikTok, there were all these videos and photos of luxury cars and a huge mansion and even him buying his wife a golden iPhone. And in the comments of these, people would ask him, like, how are you making this money? What are you doing? How are you so successful? And again and again, he would write back testing sites. Uh, I own testing sites. I own a lab. COVID money. And so that was something that we included in our reporting is that, you know, they ran these axe throwing lounges. Now they're running labs and buying luxury cars with, as they put it, COVID money. Wow. Well, just a lot of maddening details in here. Were you able to speak directly to either of the company's owners? I have not. I have tried to reach them. We even had somebody stop by at their home, calling, emailing, all of that, just trying to do our due diligence. And we haven't heard back. But a spokesperson for the company has denied allegations from former employees. And at first, they said that they were shutting down for a little while. That way they could come into compliance. They could train staff, things like that. And now they have actually announced that they will simply shut down completely because of all the intense scrutiny. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in their initial statement, they kind of blamed the Omicron surge, like we've just been overwhelmed. Um, do you think it's possible that they meant well, had good protocols in place and just expanded too quick? Or does your reporting lead to a different conclusion? What my reporting shows is that according to former employees who were in its office, you know, day in, day out, these problems stretched back for months before Omicron. They said that tests were piling up, um, results were being delayed in August, September. And we know Omicron wasn't detected until late November, very early December. Um, so that timeline just doesn't match up. Undoubtedly, there has been a huge surge in testing with Omicron since so many people um, were contagious and because so many people wanted to get tested for the holidays. But these issues had been around four months. And in fact, the federal report where they went and reviewed the lab, all of the issues it cited 
those happened before Omicron. So this isn't something that just came up in December with Omicron. So as you mentioned earlier, the authorities are now taking this very, very seriously. The FBI raided the company's headquarters two weekends ago. Do we know what they found or, or what has come out of that? So we're still waiting for an update on what could happen from that. There haven't been any charges filed or anything like that. Um, But we do know that multiple states are investigating the company because it did have more than 300 pop-up locations all throughout the United States. So multiple state health departments and attorney general's offices are investigating. The attorney general's offices for Minnesota and Washington state have already filed lawsuits. In Illinois, the attorney general's office and health department are investigating. And we know that there are federal agencies that are also looking into all the activity that occurred there. Hmm. I know you're going to stay on this story. This seems like the kind of story where, as a journalist, you can't help but stay on the story. But you've also sort of taken a step back. You've done reporting on other COVID testing sites that seem to have pretty similar issues. Do you think there's a larger issue here? Absolutely. So we've highlighted how at at least two other Illinois-based labs, which had locations all over the country, they are being investigated by the federal agencies, by state agencies, and that a lot of customers have also had complaints and concerns about them. So this really points to a larger issue. I mean, altogether, these three places had hundreds of testing sites in the United States and have received more than $500 million from the federal government. And what we found in Illinois is that there's just a distinct lack of regulation and laws about how these pop-ups should operate. So labs fall under the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, which is a federal agency, but a lot of the times these pop-up sites are just considered businesses, and so they don't have as much regulation. And in Illinois, at least now, uh, some lawmakers have proposed changes so that there would be more oversight about these pop-ups. But this is a national issue. These pop-ups are everywhere. That's interesting. So Illinois could do something to regulate them better in your state, but this is something where if we wanted to see changes in Missouri, you'd have to see this happen state by state by state at this point? Yeah, I have spoken to um, an expert in sort of healthcare regulation, and she said that, you know, this was just something that was unprecedented. We all hate that word because of the pandemic, but she <laughs> said just in the past, we've never had this widespread need for testing. So there wasn't federal or, you know, oftentimes state regulations around pop-up testing sites. And she said she thinks that is something that will change soon. We're starting to see that in Illinois. And maybe we'll see some sort of federal push because this is something that's happening all over the country. So, Kelly, one last thing I wanted to ask you about today. Um, As you found out in your reporting, the owners of this company, the Center for COVID Control, um, they had all sorts of social media posts that you were able to look at. And they were pretty upfront about where the money was coming from and, and how they were spending it. Now that the FBI is involved and all these states are are getting involved and, um, you know, they've shut down this company. Are they laying low on, on social media or have they made some sort of a strong defense? They've absolutely been quieter. Um, so after we reached out to them asking about, you know, their TikTok posts, their Facebook posts, their YouTube videos, all of that, all of those posts and images were taken down. Um You know, they still have a couple accounts, but now they're all private or the posts are removed, things like that. So it's been a lot quieter ever since we started our reporting. Hmm. Well, Kelly Bauer, this is such great reporting. I want to thank you for joining us today and sharing about what you learned. Oh, thank you so much for having me.
Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.